You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another interesting episode of Ask Drone You. Today we're going to be covering a controversial topic. We've been talking about this for a long time, and now we finally see the fruits of exchange for what actually happened. What are we talking about? We're talking about drone mapping. Is drone mapping really a service that only surveyors can provide? You've heard about stories of surveying boards going after particular drone pilots, especially in the state of California and the state of North Carolina. But today you're going to be hearing a story from one particular drone pilot slash consultant who had one of his clients actually targeted and investigated by one of these boards of surveying. What happened? Well, that's what we're here to talk about. I'd like to welcome to the show, Walt. Walt, welcome to the show. Very grateful to have you, sir. Hey, Paul. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. It's a very busy day here in New Mexico. How are you? Doing well. I'm, I'm uh, sitting down here in Florida. It's uh, a little warm. Sounds like beautiful weather in Florida. Uh, I like that Sky Hero you have in the background, too. It looks a little familiar. Yeah, I know this cool guy I got it from. <laughs> oh, that was one of my, my favorite my favorite builds, anyway. I'm really excited to have you here on the show telling your story. So for people who don't know you, give us a little bit of background. What do you do? How long have you been in the industry? And tell us all about yourself, Walt. Well, I met you early on in the, the drone game, if you, you'll call it that. Um, we started a business in 2014, um, just doing basically drone consulting. Um, so we've, I've done a little bit of everything from great white shark bait dropping to nuclear radiation monitoring. Um, moved into some ground-based rovers, also as well as some autonomous boats now. Um, and throughout the years, you know, like I said, in that spectrum of um, services we've covered or helped consult on, um, a big one, what you're wanting to talk about is the surveying and mapping. You know, it, it definitely proves the most ROI for customers and clients that are wanting to use it. It's been proven. It can show, you know, quantities in better detail than they can based on traditional survey methods. Um, and it's also a lot faster, too. So you've been doing mapping, if I remember correctly, pretty much since I met you. You've been one of the people who's been doing mapping way before mapping was cool and way before there was a YouTube video um, on drone deploy and how it's the solution for drone mapping, which we all know is a joke. So you've been doing drone mapping for quite some time and your company was located in North Carolina and now your company, which does, uh, if I understand it correctly, a lot of like kind of consulting for LIDAR and underwater mapping now, right? Yep. Uh, so the new company is called Triad Drones, Triad being land, sea, and air. Um, just kind of seemed like a better fit than a generic name. No, I, I like it a lot. So let's get into the story. So as a drone mapper and consultant, you've worked with numerous companies, and one of those companies was based out of the state of North Carolina. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And if I understand correctly, you were essentially aiding another client in bidding on a particular county contract. How did that look? What what was involved with all that? So the, the county GIS department was actually looking for um, basically one provider that they could go to for anything drone related. So whether it was surveying and mapping 
or just normal video inspections or even some of their marketing materials. They want to just a single point of contact rather than trying to validate all of these other individual firms' ability to use this new technology. Because also, as you know, the state of North Carolina has imposed some other licensing uh, requirements to get you know the, the NCDOT test in order to operate drones. So they were just not really sure if there was um, enough operators and pilots out there, and that's why they wanted just one firm to be able to be their go-to for anything drone-related. Makes sense. And just to clarify for everyone listening, the NCDOT registration and licensing um, compliance is a federal breach of regulations, which we've seen on Twitter. Even when the FAA was putting out, you know, check out NCDOT licensing requirements, the tweet was quickly deleted a couple hours later. So this firm was looking to you to essentially navigate all the regulatory, quote unquote, hurdles to be their service provider. Yep. So what did the contract entail that you were helping um, bid on? So it was basically everything drone related, like I said. So there was some mapping. Um, there was some just normal video, and, you know, just for marketing purposes. But they wanted somebody that had enough of all the right equipment to do so. And actually, if I recall correctly, part of the bid, they were actually, I don't think they ever used it, but they were wanting heavy lift capabilities. And so the company I was working with had all those check boxes off, you know, they had a 300 pound lift capacity multi-rotor. We had tons of Phantoms and M600s and Pixhawk aircraft. So, you know, depending on the mission requirements, there was a vehicle that was there to suit the purpose. No, that's really interesting. So did the company that you were helping consult, did they win that contract? Yep. Um, so they, they actually beat out a lot of other large engineering firms that were also already using drone technology in their services and had existing contracts with the county. And they kind of thought that they could piggyback onto those, you know, they, they were already basically selling some of that service and work to the county. And now because the county put it into just this one new contract, they were cutting off that other work to these other spread out firms. So the company that you were consulting with essentially beat out all these other companies that were traditional surveying companies that have been around for a very long time because you were able to provide the service with net. So were you working with another licensed surveyor at the time that you guys were bidding this contract? Yep. Absolutely. Always. Um, you know, we, we had our lawyer, uh, look into it and, you know, from the very beginning, um, we've always realized that we're drone operators and we weren't licensed surveyors and the way that the, the boards, you know, all these surveying, um, boards recognize that is, and they're still kind of against, you know, they'd almost don't recognize drone technology as a viable survey method. They're, they're slowly coming to it, but anytime we did anything that was surveying, mapping, generating contour lines, right of way, any of that stuff, we always were basically a, a sub to that job. So there was a licensed surveyor that would actually be signing off on our work or checking our collection or, or validating basically any of our results that we were delivering. Which this this whole ideology of having a surveyor at the top and then utilizing subcontractors to acquire data, this is nothing new in the surveying world, right? Correct. Now generally, I mean, if it, you know, I, I think typically it always starts, there's a, a big project, you know, a general contractor that's the main lead of it. And then all these other smaller firms are subs out underneath them. 
And so basically we were like a sub to a sub. So whether it's, you know, drones or another technology in surveying, it's still kind of um, the infrastructure system is, again, surveyor at the top. And then other people, whether it's drone or traditional means, are still subbing. Is that correct? Yep. I mean, I guess another way to kind of look or think of it is it's it's kind of like the medical practice. So there's a licensed doctor and sometimes there's a physician's assistant or a nurse and they're the ones that come in and actually do the work. They diagnose you, they take your blood pressure, or they recognize your symptoms, but then they still pass it off to the doctor who ultimately looks at it and says, yep, my nurses or my physician's assistants are making the correct decision, did the right thing. Yep, I'm good with that. Go ahead and, you know, give them the medicine or operate or push to the next uh, recommended step. Which is interesting. And just a quick switch track, there was a great podcast from Freakonomics about the viability and essentially the efficiency and how well these older doctors are showcasing diagnoses versus younger doctors and younger PAs, which they actually proved that younger PAs and younger doctors were more accurate nine times out of 10 than the traditional doctors because the doctors, after decades of this infrastructure have created this dichotomy that we're talking about today, which parallels the surveying world. So back to the story. So you're working for a licensed surveyor. You guys won a huge contract. Um, The other traditional licensed surveyor and engineering teams are a little bit upset. They're frustrated. What did they do? So basically they started complaining to the board of surveyors and claiming that we were illegally conducting um, survey methods. And so uh, I sent you some of the example letters that went back and forth. You know, basically they're just they're the accusations quoting the um, the state statutes or the paragraphs that are in quote unquote violation. Um, And, you know, basically it's it's gone back and forth a few times. I actually have the letter here, the letter that the Board of Engineers and Surveyors from the state of North Carolina sent you. And it says that charges have been filed with the board, which it's interesting that they say charges because later on in, in one of their other documents, they say that this opinion has no legal bearing because they are not uh, any way affiliated with the court. So it's interesting that they use the term charges. It's, it kind of seems like a scare tactic here. They say, which allege that you may be in violation of GS 89C-24, 55 Bravo, and 57 Delta for practicing or offering to practice surveying and engineering without being licensed with this board. The allegations pertain to the offering of surveying services on the firm's website, which include, but are not limited to the services on aerial mapping page. And this was dated September 18th, 2017. So this is when they officially reached out to you and said, hey, we're investigating you because you are not supposed to be doing any surveying activities because you're not a licensed surveyor. Is that correct? Yep. So what happened from there? I mean, this it, it, I, if this were me, I would be scared. I would be nervous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were, you know, we're, we were still, a, you know, a small firm, um, you know, basically as entrepreneur, you know, um, it, it's tough. You know, you're spending money on a million other things, you know, insurance or equipment or travel. Now you got this board that's threatening to maybe shut your business down or, you know, we're going to have to go to court or, you know, we, we were really intimidated. We didn't understand where this was going or really what we did wrong because we were always working with a surveyor. You know, we, we had already, um, grasped the fact that North Carolina, while they did 
really appeal to drone people because they were so drone friendly and they you know they had all these different regulations for drones that we thought this was a great state to move the business to and then now we're getting this type of threats that basically you can't do this type of work here anymore which really didn't make a lot of sense so after we got this letter we you know we we brought it to our attorney and he actually went and met with the board and explained the situation to them and and wrote the second letter I sent you. Yep, I have it here. It says, concerning the above complaint, and I am responding on their behalf, in general, Blank uses unmanned technology to collect and provide data to others. Often, Blank works with licensed land surveyors by collecting certain data at the direction of and for use by the surveyor, and that you do not individually analyze aerial data it collects nor provide any property lines or similar assessments and calculations, which is something we've talked about on the show. You know, we've been warning drone pilots, don't say that it's survey grade mapping and don't draw property lines or boundary lines. And that anytime that you're interpreting a map, you should leave the interpretation for accuracy to a surveyor. But continuing with this document, any preliminary processing of the aerial data collected is done through and by software programs and typically provided to others for further individual assessment and judgment. Prior to receiving the board's letter on September 18th, you believed in good faith that the activities were consistent with North Carolina law and in part because they do not represent any data or information provided to others as survey grade or quality. So it's very, very simply outlining that, hey, they're collecting data, but they're doing it with licensed surveyors. Well, I mean, kind of the way I understand that too is that if we were a licensed surveyor, or, or no, let, let me step back. So, if the way this letter's saying it, if a licensed surveyor who's never used PIX4D doesn't understand ground control points, doesn't know how to operate the drone, if he goes out and incorrectly collects data, interprets a map, and delivers that to a customer, and it's inaccurate, that's legal. But somebody who is experienced and understands photogrammetry collects the data and delivers that to a licensed surveyor for them to validate that, that's illegal? Yeah, that, that doesn't make much sense, especially when, I mean, I don't know about your experience, but my experience is we're finding a lot of surveying companies are now just warming up to the uses of drones and fundamentally misunderstand what equipment to use, what acquisition. Right, that's exactly what I'm saying, yeah. You know, so it, it's, yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword, you know, and I, we're – where I would say that maybe some of the concern is, you know, you've mentioned other uh, mapping software companies that the results don't come out accurately, you know, and if they don't know what they're doing to produce these maps and they're giving it to a licensed surveyor and they're saying, oh, yeah, this volume's right or these contours are right. They don't understand the maybe the implications of what that is, but that's, you know, we don't use drone deploy. You know, we've only ever used PIX4D or Agisoft, and, and those are you know, for obvious reasons, you know, you, you can generate quality reports and actually we've proven it. Um, we, we've, we did a demonstration for the NCDOT once actually, um, we kind of think maybe ruffled the feathers back up where we got another one of these letters was we, that we had a presentation with them and we went outside for the aerial demonstration and there was a nautical star on the ground and we had a member of the audience come up and drag a tape measure across the star and we had actually already processed the data beforehand, but then when we went back inside, we pulled up PIX4D, 
and we opened the, the measuring tool and we measured across tip to tip of the nautical star and then we asked the audience again what the measurement was and it was exactly spot on to the, the decimal degree of what the measurement was. Sorry, I don't remember. It was like 28.2 feet or something. You know, I don't remember exactly what it was, but um, we're basically demonstrating that, yes, look, drones are just as accurate as we say they are. Here's the proof, you know. So without is, essentially saying that they're accurate, you're saying, hey, let's go outside. Let's measure this known thing on the ground. We've already flown it. We've already marked our GCPs, processed the data. And we're going to go inside and show you how to measure that same point. And let's compare the data and you be the judge. I mean, that's what you pretty yeah. much did, right? Yep. Yeah. So I, I think that that's extremely interesting. After you did that, did the environment or tone change at all with the board of surveyors no it was actually it was very obvious and immediate because during the you know as soon as um, there was members of the board in there and there was actually some of the the competition that the contract we had won beat out they were just heckling us from the audience you know it was kind of embarrassing because they began challenging us on how accurate it was or if we really knew what we were doing and I mean, it was part of the other rest of the audience was helping us kind of they, they wouldn't shut up. You know, they just they kept trying to ruin the presentation and, and and cut us off and saying that it wasn't as accurate and that it was rigged. I mean, OK, yeah, we, we flew the mission beforehand. But how are we skewing the data when you can see up here on the screen the measurement it's taking and you and or the rest of the audience that had sat there with the measuring tape, it's the exact same number. I mean, there's not really a, a way to be fudging that. Now that is uh, fascinating. What I love is that, you know, you guys use emotional intelligence and you help to get the other part of the audience on your side. But it's a great lesson for other drone pilots out there that need to understand that you may be challenged and you can't succumb to that emotion. You have to know that what you're doing, as long as you're educated in what you're doing, if you can back up that information and data, because you will be challenged. And you've got to have the confidence, know-how, and ability to fight those challenges. So, all right, back to the story. So after the demonstration, you measured the nautical star. You got these hecklers in the audience. Where did it go from there? We received, uh, I, I don't, I'm not actually, I can't remember the timeline. I think it was pretty much around this, just after the second letter there, we were hearing um, word from the surveying companies that we were working with because they were actually privy to the board of surveyor meetings that these other companies kept filing complaints against us. You know, it wasn't like the board was just hard and heavy after us. It was only because that these other companies kept putting our name out there saying like, oh, well, hey, what about these drone guys? They're, you know, stealing our work or they're not able to interpret this data correctly, not knowing that we were working with other firms in that group that was already in there. The other firms just weren't wanting to get involved and stick their hand out and say, hey, we're actually the ones that are working with them. We are signing off on their data. We've gone and validated our own judgment on, on a a test bed basically we went out so that they could understand our methods how we we're collecting the data and how accurate it really could be and then the you know the the final letter i, I sent you there uh, basically they they were still threatening us again saying that we were conducting illegal activities based on their statutes and we haven't heard back since then wow that is truly unfortunate to say the least so um, the Board of Surveyors did send you a document that is titled um, 
March 22nd, 2018 decision letter. And I found this decision letter to be extremely interesting because before I read this decision letter, since this document, the decision document that you received in March, have you received anything else since then? No, it's been over a year since that letter. And so nothing has come out of the Board of Surveying from North Carolina since then? No. All right. Well, let's read this decision letter, which is really fascinating because in the decision letter, the decision letter is ended by a paragraph that says, you are hereby notified that the opinion expressed herein is not a final legal determination. An occupational licensing board does not have the authority to order discontinuances of current practices, and only a court may determine that the law has been violated or is being violated, and, if appropriate, impose a remedy or penalty for violation. Um, so, essentially, they are saying this is not a legal determination, but we don't have the means to make a legal determination. So, does that mean that the Board of Surveying can't make a legal determination? No, they basically they're suing you or they're, they're trying to, you know, in a way sue you and impose a fine because, right, like what you're saying, they can't do that. So they have to go to court and argue and say why you're breaking the rule or the law. So it would, would it be um, makes makes me wonder if it would be civil court or criminal court. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Hopefully no one ever has to get there with it. But. Well, I think that the outcome is great for you because after this decision letter, you haven't heard anything. The Board of Surveyors is essentially saying we don't have the legal means to essentially make a legal determination, and yet they decided not to go further with this. It makes me wonder if the Board of Surveyors decided that they didn't want to spend the money in court to go after you. You know, I, I really think that maybe they finally caught on or understood that we weren't just being these vigilantes doing it on our own. Um, I know our lawyer did call them again after they got this letter, and he reemphasized the fact that we were always a sub to a contractor or always were working with a licensed surveyor, someone else that, you know, we, we were all our bases were basically covered. And like you said, maybe they realized that it wasn't going to be worth their time or the difficulties to try and, you know, convict us or, or enforce their rules that they were saying we were breaking when we really weren't. You know, we were just supporting someone else's job out there to get the work done. It is fascinating. I mean, I think that the outcome overall is, is a great outcome because it showcases to pilots all over that as long as you're not interpreting maps and the accuracy therein, you're not drawing boundary lines or property lines. And if you're always working with a licensed surveyor, then you're good to go. Because I, you know, I don't know if you've listened to the other podcasts where we read the law from North Carolina, which essentially was showcased to another person, which says you cannot stitch imagery together for whatever reason. And I made the comment, well, have they ever, you know, gone after anyone who's made a pano on their phone because a, a panorama shot is a bunch of images stitched together. So it seems like if that were the case, that the Department of Surveying would be filing a lot of lawsuits against everyone who uses an iPhone. So I found it extremely interesting that they would say that. But we also read the decision from the state of California, which essentially showcased that the means of collection was not imperative to the means of interpretation. And that essentially, long story short, if drone maps were utilized and collected and aggregated and then interpreted by a surveyor, that essentially the group doing the collection tools was completely in compliance. 
And it's really interesting to me, Walt, and I'm really interested in, in your opinion as well. But it seems like the surveying and, and engineering industry has really been ripe for disruption because they've been utilizing this infrastructure system of the surveyor never really goes out to the site. They just send their minions to go out, pull points, do elevations, draw things out, blah, 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 blah. And they've been doing this for 30 years, maybe even longer. Uh, I wouldn't know because I'm only 30 years old. So my question to you is, do you think that this industry is ripe for disruption? Um, well, I mean, I think, you know, kind of the relation that what you just brought up there, you know, about the 30 year time frame ago, you're right. Surveyors have been kind of just handing the, the work off. And, and I've heard the analogy before that when the invent of GPS technology came out, surveyors basically had the same opinion that they do of drones right now against the GPS equipment. But tell me or show me a surveyor anywhere in the world that doesn't use GPS equipment right now to do part of their work. And it was just basically the fact that it was a new technology. They didn't understand the technology and how it worked. And they just always fell back on their traditional, you know, tripod based methods of collecting data. Well, now fast forward, like I said, every surveyor out there is using GPS. They finally realized proven and adopted the technology. And I think drones is just that next level of technology that they don't understand it. They can't see it. They can't put their hands on it and touch it. And until they've seen enough of those use cases or examples, like what I tried to demonstrate, they're going to be against it. But more and more, you know, I couldn't tell you the number of surveying or engineering firms that I've, that have come to me and I've helped start their drone program, you know, starting with you and, and drone you, Hey, this is how you get your 107, use their study guide, use their study material, listen to their podcasts on how to be a better drone operator. And then, you know, going further and teach them how to use picks 40 and how to lay ground control points. And it, it is kind of a weird feeling, you know, especially after going through what the board has brought to us, it's like, well, how are these engineering firms bidding and getting these this you know type of work, but they have no idea what they're doing? You know that someone that's not a licensed surveyor is able to more accurately generate the products that they they are trying to deliver. Yeah, no, it it is it is truly fascinating. Well, I just want to say I greatly appreciate having you on the show to tell this story of how um, you've been questioned, how people have come after you. But in the fact that you are doing what's right, you're just showcasing to everyone what we already know. And that is old people hate technology and don't like to change, which is a shocker, if you ask me. Anyway, moving on. I, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Good catching up with you. Yeah, if people want to learn more about Triad Drones, where should they go? Triaddrums.com. Sounds easy. Well, Walt, I just want to say thanks again. I want to have you on the show to talk about some of the stuff that you're doing with underwater mapping, which for many of you may spark intrigue and interest as it did for me. But for everyone listening out there, thank you again for listening into this show and learning what you can and what you can't do with drone mapping. Walt, thanks again, my friend. And for everyone out there listening, thanks again for supporting the show. Please share this show with a friend or leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Thanks again. My name is Paul, and you're watching another epic episode of Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, 
and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.